We are straight-talking Southern girls in our 50s, and that's what you're going to get. Welcome to Ladies Roadmap. We're your hosts, Joe Jamie Tyler and Lana Helda. Come along for the ride and join us as we travel to bring you thought-provoking subjects and women who inspire and strive to make a difference in the world. Hello, and today we have Muriel Belouse. And Muriel is a beautiful French woman who's a conscious dating relationship and self-love coach. And she is the founder of Date Like a French Woman. And more recently, she's come up with, what is this new leg, Muriel? It's called License to Shine. And that's later. (laughs) Yeah, License to Shine. And with Date Like a French Woman, Muriel is helping women shifted a brain and energy level to make their emotional and energetic space for the love they really want to attract into their life. And you know, this can be whether it's business or your personal friendships and mates. It could just be any kind of relationship in your life. And more recently, based on demand, she created that License to Shine, which is giving more women more self-confidence, and a magnetic presence to shine their light brighter in their love and professional life. Welcome, Muriel. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Very happy to be here. Well, we're so happy to have you. We just love your podcast, Muriel, and you're also doing so much to help women. And there's so many women out there at this time of our life that have had to rekindle love and find love in their life. It is so difficult. It can be, yes. Especially if you have the wrong parameters installed, you attract exactly what you don't want. (laughs) Yes, yes. And you know, you share a lot in your podcast about your own personal lack of judgment in dating in the past and how you had a very dangerous experience, which almost ended or could have ended your life, and wanted yes. to see if you would share just a little bit about that with, with our listeners. So uh, I used to be the queen of attracting these dysfunctional relationships, those Mr. Wrong that were um, either manipulative, abusive, and uh, they were borderline narcissists. I think actually the the one that almost cost me my life was probably a narcissist. And I didn't realize at the time that it was because of the way, because of the energy I was emitting and the way I was behaving that they stuck to me like a Velcro. And that's where women are. Most of the women I coach are very, very, uh, they have a big heart. They love to help. They're... Uh, most of the time, empath, that means they can feel. They feel more than other people. They can absorb other people's emotions. And when you don't realize that you can stop that, you can shift internally, you end up suffering so much in your relationships. I, Like you said, I almost died. Um, well, tell us more about that. Well, so the last dysfunctional relationship I had didn't last very long because I already had done so much work on myself. It lasted about two months and a half. And then I said, you know what? Uh, this is over. I don't do that anymore. I, I don't like people. I only have people in my life who honor who I am. I'm done with the rest. 
But unfortunately, because I guess there was still a reminiscence of me wanting the approval of the other, me wanting to be the perfect lover, I didn't protect myself fully emotionally and physically, and I contracted hepatitis B, which almost killed me. And to show you that the person was really, I think he was a narcissist. Uh, He didn't even care if I was alive or dead because I contacted him. We just ended the relationship a week before that or a few days before that. And I I told him he had to go get tested because... I caught it from him. I haven't been, I have been alone for three years. He literally cut me off and he didn't care if I was alive or dead because at the time I was in the hospital between my body was not reacting to medication. So we didn't know where it would go. I had to be flown in emergency in California to take care of that. Uh, So now I'm at a point where I guess it was the drop that made the vase overflow where I completely finalized my shift where I don't even attract them anymore. I don't tolerate this kind of people in my life, in my love life, in my friendships, everywhere. Well, it sounds like you don't draw those people to you any longer. And and one of the things I loved, I listened to the, one of your podcasts and um, you were talking about, you know, judging and discernment. And, you know, we all, yeah. all would like to think of ourselves as non-judgmental beings. However, it is so important to use judgment to discern whether someone is going to be good for you or not. And you used an analogy about a lion, and I really like that. Would you tell us about that philosophy? Yes. So because I'm spiritual and I come across a lot of spiritual women, we want to be as non-judgmental as possible. The problem is that there is a distinction between judgment and discernment. You need to be able, which I was not at the time, to acknowledge who you have in front of you. Is there a real danger? When, let's say that you are in the jungle and you want to be a non-judgmental person, you still need to be able to perceive the danger. If a lion is going to come your way, you're not going to start asking yourself, oh, I shouldn't judge him. He has the divine light in him. No, you need to discern that it's danger and you run. <laughs> and the reaction of women when I tell them that, you would be surprised because I had women telling me, oh, I don't want to start judging everybody I meet. Then you, gonna, you are going to stay a victim of the people who are going to be in lower energies. and So I'm curious, what are some of those cues that you're finding that, that would be like a judgmental, like what would be some of those danger cues that you're seeing in men? Okay. So first of all, you before you can see it in them, you need to know yourself. You need to know if you are a person who tend to be an overgiver, which it's, is very deep. That's what I teach in my uh, longer programs, but to give you the short version, we try to give, give, give to be loved because that has been something that we've learned in childhood. So we overgive by the law of attraction, by physics, by anything. If you overgive, you're going to attract an overtaker because you fit together. It's like a, a, a marriage made in heaven. So you need to acknowledge that about yourself and be conscious and be careful. Now, men who are kind of dangerous, 
What I noticed first is that at the beginning, they will put you on a pedestal. They will idealize you. You will feel like a queen, but not in a balanced, healthy way. It's going to be extreme. And they will say something, but usually their actions don't match their words. That's a big, big red flag. Somebody that says something... Give us an example of that. So let's say a guy say, I'm going to call you. Something as small as that. And he doesn't call. And he disappears for two days. This is a red flag. It happened. Yeah. You and get, then all of a sudden they call and then it's like, oh, and they're all over, they're all over. Like nothing happened. Yeah. Like, oh, well, what a, oh, time slipped by. Yes. Yeah. Or he's going to tell you I was somewhere and later on in the discussion on another day he's going to, because since they lie, they have to keep track of all their lies and sometimes they don't, then something is not going to add up. You have the feeling that something is off and you don't trust yourself trust yourself yeah. it's your it's that intuition but yes. you know aside from let's let's even take this a step further yes there are the real narcissists there are the real bad guys you want to yes. stay from but let's just talk about in general in life the people who are the energy sucker takers and, and as you put it and i love this the vampires i mean they're everywhere and and they can be very subtle It can be very subtle. And usually, if you tend to attract them, you're going to attract them in all areas of life because I had friends like that. What happens is that, you know, those people, first of all, they usually have problems. They have one drama after another. And they tend to put it on you to, because you're an overgiver, you feel compelled to help. And you need to stop there and see what they are not doing that they need to be doing to get themselves out of where they dig the hole that they dig themselves. But the key is it's their hole and you don't necessarily want to go into that hole with Yes. (laughs) So it's all starting at the beginning. You go, like I always say in dating, stay on your side of the fence. Do not go into their brain. Do not feel their pain. We have a tendency to do that when we are empath. I also do energy work, so it's like multiplied in me. Hold yourself back. Put a definition of that's mine, that's his. Or even in friendship, that's hers. And really, you need to be conscious and train yourself to not intervene when other people are constantly in a need for a savior. Stop acting on your savior's archetype. So that's a clue. All right. Well, this is so fascinating. Now, Muriel, you're the second guest we've had on the show who uses the EFT technique. And you're also a Reiki practitioner. And we would love to hear more about how you're using these techniques, what they are, and their potential and benefits. EFT is marvelous. I can't, I, to me, it's a life savior. So EFT is a combination of acupressure on the meridians, on the acupuncture meridians, the nervous meridians in the body, and modern psychology. And what it does is, you know, when you have an association in your brain that will create stress, let's say you associate love with pain. This is already imprinted in your brain. There is a nervous pathway that was built and reinforced over time. What I work with 
So one of the things I work with my clients uh, on is to disassociate the stress level that this topic is bringing into their body with the, let's say we're talking about love. So you're going to tap on the meridians, intercepting the response, the bodily response that the love, the love matter triggers in your body to be able to be more neutral, to be able to, when you think about love, you don't go directly in those stressful, negative emotional reactions because it will lead you to act in a certain way. It will it will emit a certain energy because I talk a lot about energy. And you will be, you know how I talk about the energy elevator, wherever you vibrate, that's the floor you stop at. So let's say you vibrate at the level of love is painful. You are going to encounter people, situations, and things that will reflect that to you. So, well, hold on one second. Let's just talk about this, you know, tapping on the meridians. is Because we're a podcast, you can't quite see it. So that would be up on your temples, between your eyes, around your face, onto your ch- is that is this right? Onto your chest? There are uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, I believe seven. You can add some more. Sometimes I add more for trauma, which on the hands. But the main ones are around your face, starting with the basis of the eyebrows, the bone on the temple, under the eye, under the nose, between your mouth and your chin, you know, in the indentation right. there, under your collarbone, about an inch under. On your collarbone, yeah. Your so when do you, like, do you do it as you're having a thought or a feeling or do you do it just get up in the morning, like a meditation? When do you, you actually can do it? You can use it uh, in different ways. If you are triggered by something, I use it in the middle of my day. Let's say somebody triggers me. I will repeat in my head what is going on, what the situation is, how I react. And don't be afraid to go really intense because I have people who curse when they tap (laughs) (laughs) yes you need to really let the emotion flow and if somebody did something that you really are pissed off about you need to express that you don't have to do it out loud if you're not in a place where you can do that but do it in your head but it's a type of release is what you're saying when you're doing it you help yourself to release it just like with you release and you break the nervous association in your brain over time. Got it. Because uh, they say we store everything in our body and we oh, store we everything that happens to us in our muscles. So many times people do the, the raw thing and I've done Reiki and I really, it's, it's a pretty amazing process for sure. Yeah. But now when you do your Reiki practitioning, do you actually have uh, special consultations where people come to you for the Reiki? Yes. Yes. And it started with Reiki, but it has evolved. I don't even know how to call it anymore because I also call on helpers like the, you know, there are energy beings that can help you like the guardian angels, like Raphael is a healer. Uh, Michael is, uh, and I'm saying, saying it the French way. I can tell you the Hebrew way because I speak Hebrew too. So to me, it's very familiar. I call on them to assist me. And I had people telling me, how come you were working on my head, but I was feeling something on my feet. I'm like, because I even connect with your guardian angels to really have a safe and healing uh, energy field. And so what happens is people come. I had a client in Reiki who had 
I didn't know if he was crazy or not. He took very strong drugs two years prior to that. And he was hearing voices. And he came to me and he said, I'm possessed. Mm -hmm. He couldn't even look at me in the eyes. It was, you know, empty look. Very scary. And we worked. And at the time, I called my, the person who taught me Reiki because it was really challenging. I was afraid of his energy. And she said, protect protect like crazy because I had a client like this because they took drugs, they opened the crack in their energy field and the lower vibrations are coming. He's not possessed, but there are lower vibrations. So what we did, I did Reiki. I called on Michael. I called on Raphael. And after a few sessions, it stopped because he was at the point where he couldn't work anymore. They were literally telling him, we're going to ruin your life. I, I, I wasn't sure if he wasn't schizophrenic. I told him to go see a doctor too, just in case. But after a few sessions, it stopped. But because I'm a coach, when I do a session, I will also give him an exercise to do. And because he didn't speak English that well, he came from the Philippines. I told him, you're like a box. There is a little opening on the lid. Make sure you close it. And I'm going to fill that with beautiful Reiki energy. Make sure during the day you affirm, I am closed, I am protected. So that's how I um, work with Reiki. I work with Reiki in my coaching sessions too because we do a lot of inner processes to communicate with the unconscious and the energy. Yeah, you have to move the energy. If you really yes. want things to change in your life, I've done a lot of energy movement and that's how it really happens is once you move that energy because otherwise it stays in you. It stays yeah. in your body. So when someone wants to have Reiki with you, first of all, you're in Las Vegas. I want to make that clear. Yes. Uh, do you do your work one-on-one or do you ever do online work? So, I don't yet do online work. I'm training to do online work. Uh, I do more one-on-one work. Muriel, when you went through these struggles in your life and, and you were trying to date successfully after that terrible experience, did you use books or what did you do to, to see, you know, did you do your own soul searching or seek professional help? What did you do to work through what you needed to work through after that terrible experience? Well, I did two things. First, you know, when you go through something that uh, drastic where I saw death in front of me and I went through the five stages of grief because that was the ending of my old me and my new me was that person with hepatitis B. So I went through the stages and one stage that I couldn't experience for such a long time was anger. You're supposed to have the anger. I mean, he contaminated me and I could not feel anger. I tried and tried. And one morning I woke up. Oh my gosh, it was so strong. It was burning my stomach. I, I was thinking about one thing only that was revenge. And I was like physically uncomfortable. I know better. And I said, I, I, I don't want to stay like this. I want to move that anger through, work with it and let it out. So I started writing. I do a lot of writing, a lot of journaling. I know you, you're coming up with a journal. Journaling is one amazingly powerful tool. So I do automatic writing. I start with a prompt and I don't take my pen off paper until I, I minute it, actually. I time it. And what came out was is always surprising to me. 
So once I was there and I was working with my anger, I asked the universe to help me to not be in that state 24-7 because you can work on anger, let's say, for an hour or two, but you don't want to live in it. And as I asked, that's very funny because I have an Audible account, you know, audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And there is a, a writer that I'm not familiar with. I, I didn't really like her. I, I came across her, but I wasn't resonating with her at all. Her name is Gabrielle Bernstein. I'm sure you oh, know. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. She was too New Yorker for me, younger than me. I was like, ah, that's not my kind of teacher. And as I was looking at my Audible account, I was going to uh, put it on pause because I had too many things that I didn't listen. I had two credits. I needed to buy two books. I felt compelled to buy that book. The universe has your back. I was like, that's funny because I always pay attention when I put a prayer out, what's coming. I said, okay, that may be the answer to my prayer. I'm going to buy this one. After I started listening to it for two hours, I was back to my center. So my prayer was answered. So that's one way I started working with it. Of course, as I came out of the hospital, I had a very weird experience in the hospital where I saw two parts of me, one part asking and one part answering. Can I go into that? Or Sure, sure. Let's hear. Because that really put me on track of the even more spiritual. I was, so I couldn't take any medication for pain because of the liver condition. So I had terrible migraines, which is a side effect of the hepatitis. They were giving me morphine, but I didn't like the feeling. It helps 10 minutes and then you're totally nauseous. I told them to stop and I started tapping. So I lowered the pain with tapping. And as I was one night, they were trying to poke me. I was poked from everywhere. I was in pain and I could feel it was really strange. Like if my bed was going forward and backward, forward and backward. And I was in pain and I heard my brain say, if I'm going to stay like that for the rest of my life, I'd rather die. And I heard another voice in me who told me, Muriel, you know everything is temporary. You're not going to stay like that. And right away, the pain, went, the pain went down and I was like in another state, emotional state. So that really brought me back to the spiritual. So when I came back home, I sat on my meditation cushion every single day because sometimes there were days, you know, before that where I skipped every single day because that was the only way I didn't heal the infection yet. So that was the only way I could feel more, I could feel safer. The only way I knew this, and I'm still convinced I'm still in medication, but I know I won't take it for the rest of my life. I just know. So the safer way was to connect. That was what I did to really overcome. Uh, Overcome is not really the word, but to go through it. And I also called my Reiki master, the woman who trained me, And I asked her, because I thought that on a spiritual level, I had to go through what I went through to learn something. And I knew that it was to see who I have in front of my eyes, like you say, the vampires. I had always do. I mean, you you have to, whenever something is happening in your life, I was even having this conversation the past few days with everyone from friends to children. When, When the universe is throwing really rough things at you, you cannot look outside. You have to look back at yourself, however painful it is, and say, what am I doing or what am I not doing? 
to make this happen? What do I need to do? And there you did it. You did the work. Bottom line is you always have to do the work. You got on that cushion and you sat on that cushion and you meditated and you really moved and dealt with that energy from everything through the Reiki or whatever. And I think that that's the gift in this. And that's the real tool and takeaway is that no matter what happens to you, you cannot press it down and try to just forget yeah. about it or think it's going to go away. Oh, you it's going to have to do the work. And you and have to trust that there is something doing it with you. You're not alone. Uh, I'd like to ask you one more question before we go because we're running out of time. Um, but this is such an important question and it's about self-confidence. And Muriel, you talk about how self-confidence or lack of it is such a huge issue for so many of us. And can you share a little bit about that? And you actually have some exercise that we can do to help with that. We'd love to hear more about that. Okay. Um, Self-confidence, to relate it to vampires, it's a repellent. So you have to develop it because then they will not even want to talk to you. We constantly are beating ourselves up and sometimes we know how we do it because we compare ourselves to everyone out there and we feel less than because we don't feel beautiful enough or young enough or whatever our enough is. And sometimes it's more under the surface. And especially in business right now, I have a lot of women and they're like, I can't start, I can't, or even in dating, I don't want to go there. There's something is holding me back. I don't know what it is. I'm afraid. So the question you need to ask yourself is what if somebody was going to go online and put something about you, an adjective, a qualifier, they're going to describe you in a way that the way that would hurt you the most, you would be mortified. That's something you don't want the world to know about you. What would it be? And it can be surprising. Mine was, uh, in my business, it was boring, which I didn't expect at all. I thought it would be like you're the imposter, you know, like we all have, like, who do you think you are to go that big? No, you're boring. And I was boring by that. Yes. <laughs> oh, that was so scary. And even when I was doing face li- uh, Facebook Live, I was seeing people coming in and out. I was like, oh, my God, they are leaving because I'm boring. <laughs> so <laughs> what, we, what we do is that. Uh, discovery is you're going to prove yourself wrong because your brain needs to know that there is more pain associated with continuing to believe that than moving and believing something else and that it's safe to do. Go and find someone that is what you think you may be, like in my case, boring. Or if, if you're dating and you are like in your 50s, go find examples of couples where they are happy They are at the same age and men don't necessarily want younger women. Prove yourself wrong so you weaken that belief. And for me, it was Deepak Chopra. He's very serious. He's not all bubbly and, you know. And I was like, oh, so I can be serious slash boring and still be successful. And I was like, oh, that's okay now. I can be who I am. And from there, you're talking about energy people started coming more to my live session, interacting more. I was receiving emails asking questions. Day and night, the energy will shift. So that's the first stage. 
there are more stages, but I don't know how long we have here. I have a, if people want to find out more, they can, I have a free masterclass coming up. So great. Yes. Tell us where people can find you, Muriel. Uh, so they can go to, if for the self-confidence piece, if they want to develop that self-confidence and magnetic presence, they can go to license to shine.com and register for the upcoming masterclass. It's free. And we will do all kinds of experiential exercises. I teach, but I like people to do things because you don't change if you don't do. Knowing won't change your life. Doing will. will. So they can go there. If it's for dating, they can check my podcast, Date Like a French Woman on iTunes, or my website, datelikeafrenchwoman.com. And we'll have all these links in the show notes as well, so you don't have to worry about forgetting them. Yeah. Oh, this is so fantastic. Well, Muriel, thank you so much for coming on. There's, I know there's a wealth of, of, of more ideas and, and concepts and exercises that we can do. So I really encourage everybody to listen to your podcast and go to your website and get coaching if you need it. And we thank you so much. Thank, thank you for having me here. Thank you so much. It was great so to meet you. It was awesome to meet you. Thank you so it, much. It was for me too. It was, I was waiting for that. <laughs> Thank you. It's great fun. One more thing before we go. Ladies, do you have friends or family that have never listened to a podcast, don't know what one is, and certainly need help downloading? Joe Jamie's put together a fabulous quick tutorial on our website explaining what a podcast is and how to download. Just go to our website, ladiesroadmap.com, and go to the podcast page, and it's right at the top. Thank you for spreading the word about Ladies Roadmap. Thank you for listening to Ladies Roadmap. We'd like to give a shout out to our amazing music producer, Cam Tyler at litloops.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Just go to www.ladiesroadmap.com and click on podcast. It's as easy as that. Or you can subscribe on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Ladies Roadmap. And you know what else? We would love to hear from you. Feel free to email us at info at ladiesroadmap.com. And until next week, remember, the greatest part of a road trip isn't arriving at your destination. It's all the wild stuff that happens in between. <laughs>